0: ask the complicated questions, and let's sing together.
1: From Ecclesiastes, verse 1, 4 through 11, and chapter, sorry, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11, and chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains as it always has. The sun rises, the sun sets. It returns, panting to the place where it dawns. The wind blows to the south goes round to the north. Around and around blows the wind. The wind returns to its rounds again. All streams flow to the sea, but the sea is never full to the place where the rivers flow. There they continue to flow. All words are tiring. No one is able to speak. The eye isn't satisfied with seeing. Neither is the ear filled up by hearing. Whatever has happened, that will happen again. Whatever has occurred, that will occur again. There's nothing new under the sun. People may say something, look at this, it's new. But it was around ages before ages ago. There's no remembrance of the things in the past, nor of things to come in the future neither will there be any remembrance among those who come along in the future. There is a season for everything, a time for every matter under the heavens, a time for giving birth and a time for dying, a time for planting and a time for uprooting what was planted, a time for killing and a time for healing, a time for tearing down and a time for building up a time for crying and a time for laughing, a time for mourning and a time for dancing, a time for throwing stones and a time for gathering stones. A time for embracing and a time for avoiding embraces, a time for searching and a time for losing a time for keeping and a time for throwing away, a time for tearing and a time for repairing a time for keeping silent, and a time for speaking, a time for loving, and a time for hating, a time for war, and a time for peace. What do workers gain from all their hard work? I have observed the task that God has given human beings. God has made everything fitting in its time, but has also placed eternity, in our hearts without enabling them to discover what God has done from beginning to end. For the Word of God in Scripture, for the Word of God among us, for the Word of God within us. Thanks be to God.
2: I so appreciated, Dustin, your
3: reading of the text. When you got to those most familiar phrases, a time for, a time for, a time for, you could feel the cyclical. I could feel the moving around and around. It's how the text begins in the first chapter, reiterating some of what we heard in our portion of the text from last week in Ecclesiastes, that cyclic nature, of creation and of life. A generation goes, a generation comes, the earth remains, the sun rises, the sun sets, it returns panting to the place where it rose. There's the cyclical nature of time, of creation itself, and of our lives. And as we Played with it last week, the perfectly pointless days that we encountered in the text last week. I thought about how that cyclical nature can contribute to a sense of meaninglessness or pointlessness of spinning your tires and never getting anywhere. It can also contribute to a sense of being held being held in this seasonality of life and of earth, contribute potentially even to a preciousness of each moment, to embracing each day that we are given as our portion in this cyclical life. And that seasonality, that sun rising and setting and returning panting, I just love that imagery to the place where it rose and then setting again. That then leads into some of the Bible's most poignant poetry that we heard so beautifully rendered by Dustin this morning, which also of course inspired Pete Seeger to turn into song. To which he added the memorable chorus which you can just feel turn 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 right so let's hear that again there's a season for everything and a time for every matter under the heavens a time for birth a time for dying a time for planting and a time for uprooting what was planted a time for killing and a time for healing, a time for tearing down, and a time for building up. a time for crying and a time for laughing, a time for mourning, and a time for dancing, a time for throwing stones and a time for gathering stones, a time for embracing and a time for avoiding embraces, a time for searching and a time for losing, a time for keeping, and a time for throwing away, A time for tearing, and a time for repairing, a time for keeping silent, and a time for speaking, a time for loving, and a time for
2: hating, a time for war, and a time for peace. A time to hear from me, and a time to hear from one another. As you encounter this text and hear
3: its cadence, the allness that is held in God's embrace,
2: what do you notice?
0: It's burning in me. No, I disagree. There's not a time for war. We can't afford war it's going to be the end of us
2: thank you Elaine what do you notice? wonder acceptance for exactly where I am today thank you David Do you notice, wonder?
0: I always find that this makes me uh, not take myself too seriously uh, in the best way uh, that I'm part of a cycle, and it feels so releasing to be part of that.
2: Thank you, Pete. I just came back
3: from three weeks in Michigan, uh, caring for my 90 year old mother, while my sister took a vacation. And it struck me from today's text that
2: so many of my memories of my mother are um, uh, learning new things and growing and expanding.
3: And now she's in a phase of life where she's letting go of many things many things that she learned, many things that she taught me, many things that she knows how to do. And, and it's just, it's a gathering for a time.
2: And then it's a, it's a, it's a lessening as time goes on. It's, it's a, a bittersweet truth. Thank you, Sabrina. What do you notice? What do you wonder? I'm
3: noticing that at my age, there's not much new under the sun, so I need to start looking through young eyes in order to see new things. Thank you Rita.
2: What do you notice? What do you wonder?
0: It, <clears throat> it seems like it's a statement of reality. Um that this is that this is what we need to know and understand whether we like it or not one side of the of the one cycle versus another it's all real we have to start from that point thank you laura In the cycles of life, um, this summer, I took notes I'd taken from my mother as she was growing older uh, to tell what her childhood was like um, from Ukrainian-Russian history. She was born in 1911. So she lived through the revolution, the First World War, and then the the communist uh, takeover after that. And uh, I did this so that her grandkids could all have the story so there's a cycle of stories and I was afraid they wouldn't have that story if I didn't share it so I had a chance to visit most of my nieces and nephews and uh, and my own uh, my own kids to share the story
2: thank you John
3: Anything more that you notice and wonder and want to share with the
2: community this morning? Our congregation goes through many seasons. We've been
3: through a number of seasons in our common life here over the past 50 plus years. We are entering new seasons And it's all very, very exciting because God is showing us what those seasons will be.
2: And we are wholly reliant upon God's grace and direction as we enter upcoming seasons. Thank you, Jennifer. We dwelt with this text as we
3: gathered with the spiritual leadership team yesterday here. And some of what I heard in that circle was noticing the juxtaposition of toil and burden with God having made everything beautiful. I heard from one a melancholic comfort in these words from another who was particularly hearing the downbeats the time for dying losing hating and just feeling those downbeats i heard from another how these words were enormously freeing and like good poetry There is spaciousness in Ecclesiastes. How delighted I am that it's in our sacred text, though we don't hang out with it very often. Like good poetry, there is spaciousness to encounter it from our many and varied places. Wherever we are, we can encounter poetry and be met there. And perhaps God willing to find some comfort there and to find the presence and the invitation of the divine who embraces the allness of our life. And so I'm going to close with a contemporary poem by Mary Oliver, a beloved one. It's a poem of hers that I think illuminates a similar spirit as this poetry that we've encountered in Ecclesiastes and celebrates the way that poetry evades simple answers, instead creating room for wonder. By Mary Oliver, Mysteries, Yes. Truly we live with mysteries too marvelous to be understood. How grass can be nourishing in the mouths of the lambs How rivers and stones are forever in allegiance with gravity, while we ourselves dream of rising. How two hands touch and the bonds will never be broken. How people come from delight or the scars of damage to the comfort of a poem. Let me keep my distance always from those who think they have the answers. Let me keep company always with those who say, look, and laugh in astonishment and bow their
2: heads. Amen, and may it be so.